Hey, and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Matthew, as always. How are you getting on, Matthew? I'm going to do this episode in the style of a very enthusiastic American podcaster. Love the enthusiasm they bring over the pond. So, Colin, I'm super stoked to be here. How are you doing? Oh, awesome. Uh, no, sorry, we've just lost. We've lost all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome, but not an um, Yeah, anyway. Good. Yes, good. Thank you. <laughs> all right, we've got, we've got some good stuff today, haven't we? We've got all the bits and bobs, bits and bobs of podcasting on this very here gear season, haven't we, Matthew? What are we covering then? What's, what, what does a bits and a bob mean to a podcaster? Yeah, so we've got all our main bits of kit. Now we just need kind of the glue that holds it all together. What what connects yeah. it? What do we put it on? And uh, after this, we're going to be set up and ready to to record, aren't we? Indeed, indeed. And then we get to the software, don't we? Next few episodes will be, uh, well, actually, we're going to go to Podcast Studio next, and then audio recording and editing software, and then a bit of video to finish up the season. So we're getting towards the end, eh? Episode 7 of 10 here. So yeah. The connecting stuff. So yeah, just to give you an idea, we're going to go through boom stands, desk stands. We're going to go through all those standy type things that hold your mic first, then into some pop filters and shields. And then we're going to delve into a bit of cables at the end, aren't we, Matthew? We're going to the fascinating world of audio cables. Do you but- know your RCA <laughs> from your elbow? <laughs> Very good. No, I'm not sure I do, but you can explain <laughs> it to me. <laughs> Cool. All right, let's jump into it then. So stands, what we got? So boom stand, desk stand. Uh, let's tell the difference first. Let's see, what's a boom stand? It's a great question, Colin. Yeah, desk stand, is that self-explanatory? Little stand that sits on the desk, whereas a boom arm does attach to your desk. But these are the big sort of forked arms that you see with like the microphone on it, the very professional yeah. sounding ones. I imagine you're using a boom arm just now, whereas I'm using a desk yeah. stand. So we, we, we see where we're both at on the scale here, don't we? Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a desk stand uh, usually used when you're in a more kind of temporary place, although you're not at all, are you? Because you have to move it around, you pop it up on your desk, generally quite short, not too maneuverable, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or tell me about yours. Is yours more? No, this is the. Um, I'm going to break all the rules here and touch my mic whilst recording. Touch your stand. But uh, these, the, the wee <laughs> thing, the wee tripod type stand that I've got, to, and I'm sure those were yeah. the ones that came with the Samsung Q2U. So I'm using the Q2U oh, at the moment. Yeah. Do you remember those little three yeah, legs? Do yeah, um, yeah. And the mic just slots in. And to be honest, uh, it works yeah. totally fine for me. I'm, I'm long enough in the tooth that I'm not battering the desk. Even when I do, it, I'm doing it very vigorously. Here, but too much. It's yeah, not, it's not yeah. massively being picked up. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. So yeah, uh, yeah desk stands, they're, they're not as good as boom arms, but they do have their advantages, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, much more portable. That one from Samsung was a great wee one too because it was quite light. You could stick it in your bag, no mm, worries. Yeah. It kind of folded up, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And you can still put a Q2U onto it. Uh, I think the kind of the main downside of those to me is partly the the stuff that you're talking about there, the fact that it's got no insulation or anything like that. The noises all come up through your desk, but also the height adjustment. Like I think mm. that's probably the thing that matters the most to me almost, that you're not stuck in one position yeah. for the whole time. 
So you can kind of maneuver it around. You can make it a little high. You can make it low. You can get your posture right. And that's why I love a good boom stand. Like the one I've got in front of me here is the um, good old road uh, PSA1, I think. Classic. Um, and I've got a shock mount on this one as well. So um, a shock mount being uh, almost a suspended cage on the end of your boom arm and you can get these you can put these on a desk stand as well to be fair but you put the mic into the shock mount and that insulates the mic even more from noises that come up the stand so if you're hitting the desk or whatever it's like kind of suspending your mic in a wee elastic band cage Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that it doesn't actually touch the hard uh, material of the stand itself and therefore the noise is not transmitted into the mic so um yeah but the boom stand like i can move it around so like i'm kind of grabbing it the idea is that it's quite you might be able to hear it a bit like just now but the idea is that it's generally easy enough to move around it's not it's quite silent um and very flexible so yeah i love these i've got one of these on each of my um sort of more permanent desks so very handy yeah yeah i used to Um, have you ever used i was just going to say i used to use a pile of books for my positioning so i had like in in an old (laughs) office i had this pile of books and i would just uh, you know my my terminology was i need to adjust this two books up or like i need to take three books off or whatever (laughs) i don't know why i needed so much variation from session to session but there you go yeah yeah Indeed. Ah, sometimes you're low in energy. You've not got your American energy going on. Exactly. So you're kind of hunched over low. <laughs> Other times you're high posture. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, the only other one I think maybe worth um, mentioning, because you see it a fair bit on more uh, sort of video podcast setups where you've got two people in chairs facing each other and you might have a floor stand, actually. Um, just basically the same idea as a desk stand, but it's a bigger stand, um, big heavy one generally because it needs to have um, a taller vertical pole and then probably an arm sticking off the side of it too. And these tend to be a bit more adjustable because you can make them so that they're um, loosely held so that you can pull it kind of forward and back at least towards yourself, but they are a bit more kind of a bit less flexible in terms of position. Uh, but you'll have you'll be sitting in your chair, a kind of arm sticking across from the stand on the floor um, that gives you a bit of a kind of a, a bit of reach for your mic uh, and keeps it in a certain position so you can sit comfortably so mm. there's something that's used often in video podcasts and setups too yeah i'll use a floor stand uh, in audio drama recordings uh, when i've got actors because yeah. unless the actor is playing as they're sitting down you know actors want to stand when they're delivering so um, Aye. Oh, so, you, so in that case, you probably don't even need like the horizontal arm. No, eh? You've just, just got a mic on top t- of the vertical. Traditional musician yeah. stand, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of the floor stands that video podcasting setups use. They've got huge, big horizontal ones. So you've got the stand, a really heavy base, so that it can kind of support the long horizontal arm. And then the horizontal arms maybe a meter, even more away from it. So it's just like sticking totally sideways. It looks kind of weird sometimes, but do the job. You mentioned um, the... Uh, you mentioned yep. the, the Rode PSA1, which I think is about, yep. like, it's obviously really good. It's about $100, so do you think it's necessary yeah. for most podcasters to spend that much? Nah, I remember in our early days, like, we had um, the, what was it, the newer equivalent. We mm. always went to new, newer or a company that make a lot of this kind of gear they make lighting stands all that kind of stuff i think they may even make mics these days don't they but they tend to make actually decent quality but far cheaper gear it's never as good is it like it doesn't <laughs> i mean those things were they were okay and they did the job and they didn't fall over but they were they were fine 
but they were only what, twenty, thirty dollars maybe for those ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aye, aye. So you'll certainly you'll get like a a good one for like probably less than half the price of the PSA one, wouldn't you? But yeah. we did also yeah. we did have a few like ten, fifteen quid jobs though, didn't we? And what happened with those? Oh yeah. Oh, they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the kind of the whole idea with a boom arm is that it should have a mount that attaches to the table and the arm is only loosely sitting in the mount so that you can rotate it. It's the roads, the PSA one is a, a kind of really sturdy clamp that goes on the table. And then the arm has a nice big, um, what would you call it? A kind of, uh, well, there's a hole in the stand and then there's just a little pole that goes into that hole, but it's really nicely fitting. It moves really smoothly. Uh, and you can sort of twist that around really easily, but yeah, those fifteen dollar ones were what they they kind of <laughs> they they definitely didn't fit nicely, and they had to have a little clamp that you uh, you screwed in as well, so you couldn't even turn mm-hmm. them, and they would just scrape counterproductive, really useless, damaged yeah, totally. the table in some instances, uh, exactly. and then literally <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, so, aye, yeah, exactly. careful with the so, careful yeah. with the very cheap ones, yeah. Spend a bit more than fifteen twenty, yeah. Thirty forty though gets you newer are definitely a good brand. Um and there's others out there as well, two good ones. Aye. So and again, um, I'm, but yeah, I'm using the, a desk stand yeah. here and it's it's fine, you know, as long as you behave yourself. So yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. The PSA one though, I I do think actually if you're gonna be doing any amount of recording, it's worth it. It's a really good mount. Um holds any mic, like that's that's another thing, like the weight it can hold, that kind of thing. Uh, and how far it extends, all that kind of stuff. It's a bit bigger than your average cheaper stand. So, yeah, I don't think there's any real brands or anything to recommend on the other stuff, eh? Like the desk stands or anything. Like they're all pretty kind of much for much. Yeah, just and I, search on Amazon for a lot yeah, of desk stand or floor stand. A lot of USB mics these days will come with their own stands too. So depending on what you're buying, you'll maybe you know maybe have a stand built in as well. So mm. you might mm. not even need yeah. additional yeah. kit for it. But you you have the yeah, opportunity, like the you have the option, sorry, to to put it on a boom arm as well if you want. Yeah, yeah, like the classic, the uh, the blue yeti comes with its own stand. One of the early ones mm-hmm. to do that, eh? But all of the um, kind of improvements on that in recent years have come with their own too. All right, is that enough on stands. So. Anything else on that? I can't stand to, to talk about, about it anymore. <laughs> cool all right pop filters though pop filters attached to your stand now what's the purpose of a pop filter Matthew? yeah typically plosives isn't it which is like little bursts of air from your mouth when you're saying certain words or certain letters yeah. uh we'll, we've all we've all done it before but i mean this is the bigger picture here is like any burst of air any air movement around the mic can distort your audio so we want to protect that mic head as much as possible and pop filters or pop shields the terms are really interchangeable are good layers of protection here aren't they yeah definitely yeah what what kind do you use these days i've got a i think you've got i've a, got the same as i could see you've got a foam pop shield yeah. on i've got the same yeah and the q2u the head on yeah. that just like the the sure sm58 these round heads are pretty good they're, they're basically built in pop filters so extra layer of protection yeah. there what is it you're using i'm the same yeah just a wee windscreen i think they call it do they call these a windscreen as opposed to a pop filter is that foam the windshield is the term i would use Foamed yeah windshield. and then your yeah. pop filter so, is more of that you know it's it's the disc with the mesh across it that sits yeah. in front of the mic 
indeed. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit separate from the mic. So yeah, just to if you're out there listening to visualize it, the pop, the windshield type approach is the kind of foam thing that actually fits over the end of the microphone. It's attached to the microphone, gives it that kind of classic mic look, like the big bulbous end. Um, and the pop filter is actually a separate thing. Usually it's on an arm that you attach to the boom arm or your mic stand and it kind of sits maybe two, three inches away from the mic, doesn't it? Um, and stops you. I, th- I think technically, um, and I've never really noticed that much difference here, not done a whole lot of testing though, but I think purists would say that a pop filter, the one that's separated from the mic, like a couple of inches away, tend to be more effective, mm-hmm. don't they? Yeah. The windscreen potentially lets through a little bit more of that pop. But um, I've always found that this windscreen does a job for me through the uh, hours and hours, dozens of hundreds of hours of recordings. I've, all, I've also the heard job. the extreme purist though saying that no pop filter is acceptable because you're, you know, certain frequencies aren't getting through. So if you're wanting a complete picture oh, of the really? human voice, you know, you're actually taking out yeah. this like tiny little uh, portion of frequencies yeah. and therefore you shouldn't use it. But yeah, you, you get <laughs> you get all sorts of weird esoteric extremes in any specialization yeah. so ignore that yeah yeah is is the theory behind that like you take theoretically you should be, have perfect mic technique and never talk directly into the microphone and therefore you shouldn't be getting these pops is that, the, that. Uh, yeah. the thought behind that could be that <laughs> I, I mean if, if you're if you're recording music or that i dare say there's a different argument there but for us as spoken word yeah. podcasters yeah there's there's no exactly. no concerns there yeah. How do you? Yeah, and it's always worth yeah, it's always worth thinking about mic technique. But actually, we're just having conversations. You want a podcast to be nice and natural. You want it to be kind of a little bit dynamic, like a wee bit of movement, a wee bit of excitement. So mm-hmm. I think that's why they're worth thinking about in a podcast because it means that you can concentrate on your you know your vocals, ah, your conversation. Content. Forget about the, that's what you want to do, don't you? Forget about the mm-hmm. mic, really. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, set and forget. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what about? All right. Have you ever done the old? Um, sorry, sorry, Matthew. With our with our American enthusiasm today, we're stepping all over each other. Uh, I was going to say, have you um, ever done the old uh, DIY? Make your own pop filter. No, I used to laugh at that advice. Uh, get a pair of tights and make one. Uh, given how cheap they are to buy, I mean, if you've got a lot of tights that you want to cut up, then fine. Have you ever <laughs> used any of your tights to yeah. make one? No, I did. You know, I think I did try it once. Actually, I got a, uh, I got a coat hanger. I, it was just like um, kind of almost an experiment because I'd seen so many doing it. I was thinking about doing a blog post on it, and I played around with it for like five ten minutes. But uh, I was like, this is pointless. <laughs> I'd rather just yeah, wear all my tights than cut them up and make pop photos indeed, with them. So. Indeed, you do look good in them. <laughs> <laughs> this is this has gone yeah, a they, new level. <laughs> <laughs> they are just not that much they don't cost very much um so but i mean no it's absolutely possible though if you do have very low budget or you do just want to go diy you can totally make one out of a coat hanger and some tights just make a wee loop out the coat hanger sort of stretch the tights over the loop and then attach that to your mic stand somehow jobs are good mm-hmm. indeed 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 <laughs> all righty what next then some cable chat. I, I don't think we need to dwell on this too much, do we? Is it just a sort of quick fire run through the types of cables and their use cases, maybe? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because 
for 90% of people, we recommend just a USB mic. You don't want to go any further than that. It does the job. It's, it's perfectly good. Um, it's very good, in fact. There's not even any trade-offs these days. You get such good USB mics. But in some cases, it's worth knowing the other approaches, isn't it? So we'll just run through, like, kind of talking about XLR just for a minute, just to give people an idea what it is, what it means when you might want to use it so that you can kind of look in more depth in future if they need to be. Eh? Um, so yeah, tell us, Matthew, what what's an XLR and why might you want to use it? Yeah, they're like the sort of traditional analog audio industry cables that, that you use to plug microphones in, aren't they? So if you look at uh, the either end of the, the XLR cable, you've got the male end and the female end, and it's like a three-pin connection yeah. that you use there. Uh, and this obviously means they don't plug directly into the computer. You, you go through a USB device like an audio interface, or you go into like a Zoom recorder, uh, and the sole purpose of XLR is audio, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you're not going to see an XLR cable pop up in some other situation like a USB cable does. No, no, totally. They're just for audio. They're they're big fat connectors. They're big fat cables, aren't they? Because they're kind of designed mm-hmm. to... Chunky. Most of the, yeah, chunky, designed to kind of um, be full quality. Get, they're often shielded, so they try and get rid of interference, that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only real kind of use for them. It's if you if you have really professional audio gear, some of the really top end mics, uh, most of the top end mics really are all kind of XLR based, um, and a lot of uh, mixers really only deal with XLR as well. So if you're using the Rodecaster, for example, if you do go that route or any of those podcast specific uh, recording devices, then often you'll be using XLR for them as well, won't you? So um, yeah, you might want them at that point. But that's fine, isn't it? Like, what's the there's that whole thing around balanced as well, Matthew? What, how does that work? Yeah, it's almost worth not mentioning. Aside to say, just get a balanced uh, XLR Perfect. cable. To be honest, I don't Great. I don't come across loads of unbalanced XLR cables for sale anyway. But yeah. a, a balanced XLR cable, which almost all of them are these days, yeah. uh, they basically they're they're much more protected against interference and stuff like that, just yeah. because of the way that they're built. Uh, a, an unbalanced one, if you you know if you had one, it'd be fine if it was like a very short cable. And it'd be slightly cheaper, but you know what? Like XLR cables are that cheap anyway. Just um, just make sure it's it's balanced, and it probably will be. Ten, fifteen, twenty quid a for yeah, a few meters at least. So yeah, no worries. Um, What's that? So uh, in Ghostbusters style, never cross the streams. Tell us (laughs) more about this, Matthew. (laughs) Yeah, this is just some cable etiquette, isn't it? So uh, you you don't want your, I'm just having a look at my setup here. You don't basically want any power uh, cables crossing with your audio cables because there'll be a little electronic signal in there that could be picked up. Has that ever happened to you before? Yeah, yeah, it happened a fair bit. Actually setting up back in sort of earlier days, a bit more inexperienced, just trying to figure out how to set up our studio in Dundee, certainly. We had um, we had a fair bit of cabling in there. Uh, we had a computer in there. We had lighting, that kind of stuff to do video as well. So we had loads of power cables and loads of audio cables. Uh, and we often got a wee buzz in there and sometimes I'd blame it on the, the gear. You know, we'd have a cheaper mixer or something like that. I'd be like, ah, oh, damn it, I need to spend more money. Uh, and often it would turn out it was just, yeah, crossing some cables or stuff like that. There's like things like ground loops and stuff like that as well. Eh? Mm-hmm. Just if you plug power cables into the same thing as your your audio gear, sometimes that can set that up. Stuff like, It's just crazy stuff like that if you have a really kind of complex setup. But um, way beyond the uh, the context of what we're talking about here. 
I, I did notice it. though uh, on my previous laptop, if I had that plugged into the mains mm-hmm. and I had my focus right on, I would get yeah. a slight electronic hum underneath. So I had to put the plug off at the wall or take the cable out to yeah. eliminate yeah. that. So there was that could be that very just, thing. Yeah. yeah. If your computer's plugged into the same one as the focus right, I think that can set up a kind of um, what they call a ground loop or. Um, well, the focus yeah, right's just powered by USB, so it's not got a plug. Ah, uh, see. Oh, well. Yeah, no, not the case then. Yeah. Okay. Aye, that was the thing. It's very mysterious, a lot of that stuff. Um, and yeah, definitely beyond our kind of podcaster requirements. So get your USB mic out. Um, if you really want to, get a roadcaster with some XLR, that kind of stuff. Um, and that'll be fine as well because roadcaster's designed for that setup. So perfect. Right. Other connections? We'll cover a couple of these before we finish up. Yeah, bit of terminology here. Jack and plug. Uh, all you need to say is like the plug is the connection itself and the jack is the hole. I, I, I used to think of a jack as like the, the plug. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I kind of got that the wrong way around. But um, I, this is just terminology you might come across. You know, an yeah. audio jack and an audio plug. So we would say yeah. like, you know, that's a quarter inch jack. It takes a quarter inch plug and so yeah. on. Yeah, perfect. And yeah, worth noting as well, when you're buying cables, like often you'll see that difference. There's quarter inch uh, and there's 3.5 mil. The 3.5 millimeter is generally your old school um, kind of headphone jack. So, uh, oh, wait a minute, I've got the wrong way around there. Plug, headphone plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that you've just cleared it up. So the 3.5 mil one is the small one um, that you get on any sort of normal headset, normal headphones. Uh, and quarter inch is more of a kind of professional connection. It's what you might get on a guitar lead, actually. Like if you're plugging an electric guitar in or um, a really pro set of headphones, like studio monitors, like we were talking about in the previous episode, you mm-hmm. might get a quarter inch plug on them as well. Um, but yeah, 3.5 quarter inch are the different kinds of, of plugs and you get adapters. So if you do have a pair of 3.5 mil headphones, you can plug them into the Rodecaster. For example, Rodecaster requires a quarter inch, but you just get a 3.52 quarter inch adapter and that can turn your 3.5 inch uh, plug, 3.5 millimeter plug into a quarter inch one. Uh, so easy enough to convert. I've also got on my on my focus right here and on my Zoom H5 mm-hmm. and I think you know the H6 and H4 are probably the same, but you've got what you call combo jacks because you plug you could plug XLR or quarter inch into them, mm-hmm. uh, not at the same time obviously, but the the XLR jack it's it's basically got a wide enough oh, hole yeah. in the middle of it that yeah. a quarter inch could go in it too. Aye, yeah. And that's just because it's kind of a similar similar kind of gear in many ways. Like if you're plugging mm-hmm. in a bit of audio gear, you can plug in a, an electric guitar through XLR, I believe. Yeah. Never tried mm-hmm. that, but yeah, it can go into the same kind of connector. It's just an audio input, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it can take both sides. Yeah, perfect. We'd mentioned um, on a previous episode about yeah. the TS, TRS, and TRRS thing. So I've, yeah. c- I've covered that already. But yeah, I th- these are just the little rings along your uh, along your I'm I'm paranoid about the jack plug thing now along your plug <laughs> you see little rings so yeah tip sleeve tip ring sleeve or tip ring ring sleeve which you would see <laughs> exclusively on 3.5 I'm sure and that's uh, yeah. that's basically your your phone microphone your bluetooth headphones or whatever yeah perfect yeah i think you do get them in quarter inch actually as well because you get stereo quarter inch i believe but probably not the TRRS i think yeah, TRRS yeah you get TRS is, yeah, yeah but i just I've, for 
I don't, I don't know that it'd be necessary to have TRRS on a quarter inch. No, no, definitely You'd not. need a very big phone, like one of the things that I use, <laughs> yeah, basically. That would be, that'd be an enormous phone. Um, yeah, okay, and last one, last one of our um, cryptic anagrams. What's RCA, Matthew? What does that mean? Yeah, last and least, I would say, because <laughs> yeah. probably, probably don't, don't need this and won't need it. But an RCA cable, you would, um, you would find these on your old, if you're old enough, like we are, you know, your old CD player. These are the sort of connections you might have used. And rare examples, you know, not now because I think there's enough equipment out there, but I would see podcasters years and years ago, they maybe wanted to play some audio from like a CD or that, and they had this mm-hmm. big setup and they maybe use an RCA cable, but yeah. you'll almost certainly not come across one or need to use one in your own podcasting setup. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, that's the cables. That's the bits and bobs, all of the bits and bobs for your podcast. <laughs> uh, so just before we finish up, I'll mention another bit, another bob, a really valuable one, which is if you really like um, this content we're putting out, if you have some value, if you've taken some value from it, um, we'd love it if you support us through some of the products we do, one of which is Alitu. Uh, so one of the things you can record into, if you're using some of these cables, you plug in your USB mic, you can record right into Alitu to make your podcast it can do that call recording right into Alitu through your usb mic and then obviously offers all the other stuff as well you can do everything you need to do to make your podcast it does your audio cleanup for you takes out some of that background noise takes out a bit that electronic hum we talked about earlier matthew if you have that hum that you've got from a ground loop or just dodgy cables or whatever it can help take that out too you can do your audio editing in there cut out any of the uh, the plosives potentially uh, probably not because they're part of the words but <laughs> if you have any the other stuff you can cut out using the audio editing and it's got hosting and transcription built in as well so that you can publish both your audio and text versions of it to to a website built into the reality website so if you fancy that um the easiest way to make your podcast we do believe uh, over at alitu.com that's a seven-day trial if you want to give it a shot over at alitu.com that'd be great to see your support there all right what we've got left matthew three more episodes eh in this gear season yeah, so next episode, we want to try and set up our studio, don't we? We want to set up the room so that it sounds yeah. decent for us. Um, yeah. But this applies to wherever you want a podcast as well. Even Yeah, you know, always a big question, this, isn't it? Yeah, people are always interested. How do I make my room sound better? How do I get rid of that background noise, soundproofing, treatment, all that kind of stuff? So yeah, this will be a good one to, to dig into. So we've got that, then we've got the software, and we've got video as well. That's the final two episodes of the season as well. Recording and editing software, and then video and streaming at the end. All right, let's tie up for the week then. We'll see you on the next one for building your own studio. Thanks for joining us this time around. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>